Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Now, this will not come as a surprise to any of you listeners, but college tennis is something we obviously adore here at Cracked Rackets. We think the team format brings out the best in so many student-athletes across the country. It's why we will always gravitate towards the sport. It's why we continue to feature so many of the incredible personalities, the amazing talents seen throughout the college tennis game, because we want you listeners to become familiar with faces we believe can someday, whether they go on to success off the court or, you know, more likely success during their time on the professional tour, we think they're names you fans should get familiar with, and that is why we are so thrilled to be joined today by another one of the Division I women's game's best players out there. Through her first three years at Stanford, she has been named an All-American three times in singles now. Of course, her first two seasons, she was part of back-to-back national championship winning teams. We talked to Stanford junior Michaela Gordons on today's show, and of course, we had to ask her about what that experience is like to be in the midst of your junior season, to be in the midst of defending back-to-back national titles, and to have that season ripped away from circ- by circumstances that, you know, obviously she could never control. And I want to ask her what that moment was like, what it was like for her teammates, and how they're all staying in contact, how they're all still training in this moment. Of course, it was also a very young Stanford team, so I wanted to ask her, you know, what that was like, the transition being a back-to-back national champion, losing the majority of those rosters, and now being one of the upperclassmen on the team, how she's seen her role, her mentality shift during her time in college tennis. And of course, we have to have some fun as well. Ask her about life in quarantine. Ask her some fun questions about her teammates. It's a it's a really incredible conversation. I mean, look, to go to Stanford, you have to not just be an incredible athlete, but an incredible student as well. And it's quite clear that Michaela is. It's a delightful conversation that I know all of you Crack Rackets fans are about to enjoy. But before I can get to that conversation, I have to let you all know that the reason we're able to enjoy conversations like this here at Cracked Rackets is because of the support that we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And for more than 20 years, Midwest Sports has served as one of the world's premier tennis equipment suppliers. They offer a comprehensive selection of fast shipping tennis supplies that few retailers can match and have one of the largest in-stock inventories of tennis equipment online with tens of thousands of products available for shipping directly from their automated warehouse to your home. They value innovation and have personally tailored their products to highlight your skills on the court. And maybe you're like me. Yeah, you watch a lot of tennis. You know what rackets the best players are using, but you don't know what the best racket would be for yourself. Well, the good news is their well-trained staff are intimately familiar with tennis equipment and can help you find that perfect racket, that perfect tennis shoe, or that perfect tennis clothing that is sure to put you ahead of the competition. Their selections are constantly first, or consistently and constantly first to market, and they pride themselves in stocking their warehouse with the newest products at the lowest prices. Here's how you can find out more. Go to their website, MidwestSports.com. You're going to find some of the gear that you're looking for, I guarantee it, whether it's Nike, K-Swiss, Head, Fila, Babolat, Asics, Adidas, Yonix, you name it, they've got it. You'll find it all there, and you're going to want to order yourself up some stuff. Now, the good news for you, we've got a way for you to save a little money in your pocket. Use our promo code CR15. You will get 15% off 
off your order. Now, yes, some restrictions do apply, but the good news above all else, you use our promo code CR15. Not only will you get 15% off, but Midwest Sports knows you're itching to get back on the court, and that's why with every use of our promo code, they are going to throw in a free can of Wilson tennis balls. That's right. You will have the can of balls you need to get back on the court as soon as you can, and you will have all of your equipment needs met as well by going to MidwestSports.com using our promo code CR15. They are so kind to continue to support us through all of this. The least we can do is ask you to go support them as well. So MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15. With that being said, let's get to my conversation with three-time All-American for the Stanford Cardinal, Michaela Gordon. Joining us on the podcast today, you may know her as a two-time national champion at Sanford University. You may also know her now as she was recently named a three-time All-American in singles. Of course, I know her most impressively as a 2019 ITA scholar-athlete. Michaela Gordon, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hi, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Oh, it is absolutely our pleasure. It's not every day I get to talk to a three-time All-American, and obviously, you know, we're all feeling the gloom right now. We're all in self-quarantine, but that had to make your week, right? Uh, Right. It was just kind of a really positive thing um, to cancel out some of the... (laughs) some of the rougher things I've been happening with quarantine. So I was definitely super happy to hear that. Yeah, no, well-deserved honor. And I'm going to be honest with you from the get-go. I got, I had the fortune of doing the play-by-play commentary for the ITA National Indoors. Mm -hmm. And so we got to call the, you know, I was calling the court one matches. And Mm -hmm. so often that was you and your Stanford team. And the first day I completely butchered your first name. I definitely said Michelle, like the entire first set. And I'm well aware it's Michaela. Does that happen to you often? And I guess B, mostly I want to apologize for that. That's my bad. (laughs) No worries at all. It happens a lot. The CH spelling can be a little bit tricky. Um, Happens a lot at Starbucks. So you're definitely, (laughs) you're definitely not alone. Yeah, look, I was not an ITA scholar athlete, uh, but I, I got my stuff together. I figured it out. And so, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm curious for you. You talk about the quarantine. Let's start with the gloomy stuff first. Uh, you guys were in, obviously, the middle of your season when it ended up getting canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic. And I'm curious for you, you know, how did you find out the news that the season was being canceled and what was that experience like for you? Yeah. Yeah, so I actually came to practice um, one day with my whole team, and we knew that things weren't looking really great, just obviously with the global situation, Um, and also the situation in Northern California, where we are, um, wasn't great either. It was progressing pretty quickly, Um, but we actually had a match the next day against Oregon, and... Um, they were there at our courts practicing, getting ready for the match. And then it was kind of all of a sudden our coaches just told us um, that the match had been canceled first. And then later that day we found out that our whole season had been canceled. And it was kind of just super fast. Um, and we were all obviously just really sad. Um, and it was, wasn't something we ever obviously saw coming. Um, so it was kind of a really, a really quick, turnaround from playing maths the next day to then finding out that our whole season was canceled yeah I can only imagine what that experience is like do you practice that day or you're like you know what I'm gonna skip today um so we did a little bit after we found out the news but it was kind of more of just a fun hit and um to get some of those emotions out um 
but most of the day we were just talking about what happened and just being together as a team. Um, yeah, and I can yeah. only imagine, you know, the stresses of all that. And I think you only have one international player on your roster, but how chaotic was it, you know, figuring out, am I going to stay at school? Am I going to go home? What am I going to do for the next month? Um, yeah, it was pretty chaotic for me. I'm really lucky because I live 25 minutes away from campus. So as soon as things started getting a little bit more uh, serious, I was able to pack up and um, come home really fast so I was really lucky in that way but um with the whole team it was pretty chaotic just figuring out um who was going to be able to go home and if it was safe to take flights out and all of that yeah no I can only imagine have you been staying in close uh in contact with your teammates yeah we talk all the time um I talk to everyone on the team at least once a week um and a lot of times more than that and yeah, we've all just been trying to stay positive and trying to keep each other entertained. So yeah, we've been staying in contact a lot. Any group Zooms? I feel like, because I think you guys are like 10, 11 players. I feel like that is right the at the number where Zoom gets a little chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be a little bit chaotic um, with everyone's schedule, making sure that everyone is on at the same time. <laughs> Um, but we have been doing a lot of group Zooms, and it's actually been fun to see everyone um, in different places and just to talk about kind of what's going on in everyone's lives. So that's actually been really helpful. Which teammate of yours starts messing with their backgrounds the soonest? Because that's always me in my Zooms. <laughs> um, definitely. Definitely. I don't mean to call her out, but uh, Janice Shin. <laughs> um, but she always, but she always puts backgrounds that just brighten everyone's day. Um, like I think our last Zoom, she put a background from when we won um, the NCAA's last year, and it just brought back so many memories for everyone. And yeah, it was definitely, definitely um, something that just brightened our brightened our Zoom a little bit. Yeah, I would definitely go with just a video of Coach Farood firing forehand feeds at you guys. Just oh, just yeah. firing away. <laughs> just get to all of you guys in that zone. Um, but you brought up, you know, being, you know, the past two years, you guys uh, won, obviously, two NCAA championships. Mm -hmm. And you guys lost a bunch of players to graduation last year. And for you this year as a junior, I know you had played the number one singles position previously. But what has that transition been like for you from, you know, a freshman sensation, I suppose? opposed to one of the senior or junior senior leaders on the team how different is you know this season from your prior years yeah it was definitely a transition just um going from having five seniors actually um the year before to having all of them graduate especially because they had such big positive personalities um, and I think you'll definitely find that if you talk to any of them, Melissa Lord, Caroline Lample, just any of them. Um, so it was definitely a different feeling like I was one of the upperclassmen um, and going from kind of a newbie on the team um, to one of the more experienced players because we do have a pretty young team now. Um, so I definitely say it was a little bit of a transition, but it was really nice because our seniors who had graduated really paved the way for me and really kind of showed me what good leadership was and having a positive attitude. Um, so I think it was a little bit of a transition, but um, I think everything turned out well, and it's been a really great experience so far. 
Yeah, this could be the question you swear at me, but just out of curiosity, which one is more enjoyable to be the freshman who's like careless, carefree, just going out there and having fun or to be the senior with a little more on or junior, I suppose, with a little more on your shoulders? Um, I would say it's just honestly, it's just different um, because when I came in as a freshman, I was like, this is going to be so fun, like. I'll play wherever wherever they put me. I just want to be a part of such a great team. Like, if I can even make a little bit of an impact, um, that's great. And I just remember during the NCAA final my freshman year. Um, so, of course, I was a freshman, and the girl I played in the, in the final, Astra Sharma, who's obviously an incredible player, was a fifth-year senior. And I felt a little bit overwhelmed um, playing that match and going up against um, – players who were more experienced than me whereas now I feel like I've been there and um, I'm more prepared for every match to face really tough opponents and also I think it's a really big privilege to be able to still play number one and be one of those upperclassmen that hopefully um, the lower classmen can look up to during matches so yeah. And look, you obviously were having some success. You were the number 12 in the country, I believe, in the final rankings poll that was released, and you had been top 10 throughout the year. And, you know, your team was 10 and 2. And again, I got to be at those national indoors. And, you know, for you guys, you, you played UCLA. I think you guys lost in the semifinals. But that first match, you had a battle 4 3. And I know this season got, you know, obviously canceled. But for your team to have that sort of experience, for so many young players to get to play through a match like that so early in their careers uh how beneficial was that for your team you know how were you feeling about the team at the time the season was canceled um yeah I definitely think that first match during indoors was just a great test for our team and my match did not go so well that day and it was actually amazing to see the younger players just pulling through and then of course um our seniors Emma Higuchi and Emily Arbuthnot just did an amazing job and they showed why they've been national champions and why they've done so well um, every year. So that was really amazing to see. And I think it's really great for teams to have tough matches like that early on in the season um, and kind of just get a feel for um, what conditions are going to be like during the dual match season. And in terms of our team, when, um, when coronavirus hit and when everything got canceled, I think we were really starting to kind of find our groove as a team. And just historically, our team has always peaked later in the season. Um, and I think we were starting to kind of feel that. And even though we had lost a tough match to UCLA, it was much closer than it had been uh, during indoors. So I think we were starting to take a lot of positives just from our results. And we're definitely starting to gain a lot of confidence as a team. Yeah, so. and you know, I will say, as someone who went to the University of Michigan, that one hurt me. I, it, was, it was it was difficult to call in the booth. Yeah, no, I mean, look, it, it, it's all right. A win. It was a great match. It was just fun to be a part yeah. of. But um, you know, I want to talk about you at the national indoors because and your performance because I, you know, right. I got to call that quarterfinal match against Georgia Tech, and that was the strangest match I have ever seen in person. I think it was you took the first set six zero. The second set was six. One. Uh, I'm right. curious because, you know, you guys uh, at Stanford hadn't played the indoors, I think it was for eight years before the 2019 National Indoors events. And mm -hmm. is there a transition for your team to play indoor tennis? I can't imagine you play a lot mm -hmm. of it during the year. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's definitely been a transition um, playing the indoor tournament. At school, we only have one indoor court, um, and we also share it with the men's team. So we don't have a lot of practice um, indoors before we go to the uh, championships, which obviously, like, I don't think it's affected us too much just because, like, yes, indoors is a little faster and the conditions are a little bit different, but not i mean it's still it's still a tennis court it's not like too different so i don't think our team really worries about that too much um but i would say it's also hard just adding to that schedule adding that tournament to our schedule in terms of academics um because people will be taking tests during the tournament and um it's kind of a busy time so my first match um against michigan um, I actually had an interview, a job interview, like that morning, and I like rushed from my job interview to warm up and then like played the match. And that's just kind of the thing. That's just kind of a student athlete thing <laughs> to do. And I'm definitely not the only one who's done that, um, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it was just kind of kind of a transition in that way as well. So yeah, and my match um, against Georgia Tech, I would definitely say the girl I played um, was a big hitter. And even though you see scorelines like that, where it's just so lopsided for two sets and um, in college tennis, I think there can be a lot of deuce points. And if just a few points don't go your way or a few points go your way, that can be the difference um, and can make a huge difference in the scoreline of a match. Yeah, no, it it was a funky one. There's no denying that. And I think I have to ask this follow up first, but did, did you get the job? So I did get the job, but Let's I didn't go. take. But I didn't take the job because I ended up <laughs> taking a different job. So, so I had yeah, I had a conversation with my parents after that, and they were they were like, "What are you doing? Why would you do that?" But sometimes you know you can't control everything, and uh, I just wanted to be able to take advantage of the opportunity at that time. And now looking back, of course, I wish I hadn't done the interview. <laughs> but um, you live and you learn. Hey, no, take it. That's a win. Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely. Well done by you. Um, I, I'm curious because, you know, for you and you guys played UCLA, as you mentioned, it got closer. But for you in particular, uh, because you've been playing one singles now for three years. And yeah. I, I'm curious, what do you think as someone who's been ranked, you know, top 500 in the WTA rankings, mm-hmm. how does the level of play you see week in, week out at the number one singles position compared to what you would be seeing had you turned pro at this point and you're playing you know 25ks 125k events right um i would definitely say that the level you play at one and also at the number two spot a lot of the times um is comparable to like main draw of 25ks and 60ks and you see a lot of the same players um who are playing in number one spots then go on to play at that level and do really well at that level um so i would definitely say it's comparable just from what I've experienced at the um, at the professional level. And it's also kind of similar in the way that in a professional tournament, every match you play is going to really test you. And if you're not having a good day, um, you could lose that match no matter who you're playing. And I feel like it's kind of the same thing at the number one spot where you really have to bring your A game for every match if you can. Mm-hmm. And for you personally, how have you seen your game improve during your time in college? Because again, I'm sure there were opportunities if professional tennis is something you want to do to yeah. turn pro already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was definitely a thought um, 
coming into college, I was still kind of thinking about the professional side and um, what I wanted to do. But I would definitely say I've seen huge improvements um, in my game with the help of Lily and Frankie for my first two years. And then uh, also our assistant coach Francis this year. Um, I would definitely say the strength side of things um, has improved a lot for me. And just kind of that college schedule where you're um, doing your fitness and you're also like put in really competitive situations all the time. Um, and I'd also say the coaches have just done a really great job um, developing my forehand more, developing my serve a little more. And um, I would definitely say my game is more aggressive than when I came into college. Sorry about that. I was on mute. Our dog just got home and he's ravenous. Um, uh, no yeah, worries. no, it, it's uh, it's half the fun of doing these podcasts yeah. nowadays. Um, yeah, I have, I have three dogs at home, so I can really. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm glad. To, no, yeah, they yeah. they get the zooms after they go on a walk, right? And it's just like I, yeah. I don't even know what to do at this point. Yeah. Um, but uh, so you know to i guess get back to it uh to the my question off of that is you know for you in particular are there signs you need to see before you turn pro is getting you know a degree from stanford something you just at this point want to complete uh or you know have has your mind gone elsewhere away from professional tennis um yeah so it's definitely something that's a really big consideration for me right now especially as you get later in your college career you start thinking about getting a full-time job or going on the tour um, full-time and it is a big decision um so I would say that I definitely will get my degree um from Stanford and I'm planning on finishing that this coming year um and then also I've thought about going and getting a master's that's still something I'm considering as well um and I would say there's not really something specific in my game that would have to change dramatically for me to think about going pro, but um, it's more um, how much I would enjoy being on the tour. And um, obviously if something dramatic were to happen, like it's always a possibility that I'd go pro earlier, Um, but that's still something that's very much up in the air. And I also have a job this summer. So obviously I'm going to get a taste of what it's like working in the real world. Um, So I think, kind of still a lot of things up in the air um in yeah. terms of that no i uh i had a job in the real world and i missed mm-hmm. tennis too much so i was like i gotta come back to it yeah. um but mm-hmm. yeah no the real world is the real world there's no denying that how uh how hard is it yeah. for you to just leave palo alto i imagine it's i mean everyone says it's the best campus there could be <laughs> yeah it really is um even if you've seen pictures of campus it's just beautiful there are palm trees everywhere and um great weather it's really hard really hard to leave um but I also live so close so it's kind of been in my backyard for a lot of my life um but this summer I actually will still well now my job will probably be mostly from home just depending on everything but I was already planning on staying in the area and I definitely want to stay here um as long as I can (laughs) So it'd be really hard to leave Stanford and also the people there and the team and the coaches are just incredible. So it would be pretty hard. 
Mm-hmm. No, I, I can only mention when you heard that the NCA was going to give an extra year of eligibility to all of those seniors who had their senior season wiped away. I'm curious, what was your reaction and, you know, the the prospect of getting Emily back and uh, all of your yeah. seniors back for another year? Mm-hmm. That's got to be great. Yeah, I was really excited when I heard that. Um, I think our whole team was on the group chat um, texting Emily, texting Emma. Um, and we're all begging them to come back, of course. Um, but both of them also are incredibly smart and just have so many options. Um, and I know Emma is thinking about going into medicine and going to med school. And Emily is just top-notch academics and is also thinking about um, playing professionally. So both of them, um, obviously, we'd be so happy if they came back next year. Um, and yeah, we'll just see what happens in terms of that. But I was really happy to hear the news. Um, yeah, yeah. it's so exciting. I I completely agree with you. And I feel like because you guys were so young this year, it must've just been so different to be with around all these freshmen, but you know, everyone comes back and even if they don't, it's still Stanford. I, I mean, a, I'm sure you guys still thought this, but was the, the, you know, the goal for the season, bring home another national title. And given that you guys could get everyone back, uh, I have, you're feeling still good about the state of Stanford tennis. Yeah, definitely. I think, we're always a contender for the national title. And that was definitely our goal. Um, our season this season had kind of been mirroring past seasons where we struggled a little bit. We're trying to find our groove earlier on in the fall and also in the early winter. And then um, we were kind of starting to gain momentum. So I think it's always, it's always um, a goal of ours to have that NCAA title at the end of the year. Um, And I definitely think that Stanford tennis as a whole, just the program is so strong and um, Lily especially just really knows how to develop players and inspire players. And she's an incredible leader in that way. Um, So I think that's always kind of part of the conversation with our team. Yeah. Everyone speaks so highly of coach fruit and I'm curious, you know, you, you obviously will as well, but she does strike me as someone who I feel like would struggle to figure out a zoom. (laughs) Um, it's funny you should say that because, um, we have done zoom calls in the past, um, with Lily and she actually, so she obviously like figures it out and everything. (laughs) Um, but in one of the zoom calls, the sun, she would, instead of pointing, like, so the sun was like in front of her, like she would point the camera the other way. So like you could only see the sun, you couldn't see Lily at all. Um, but I don't know, honestly, like Lily probably planned it just so she wouldn't have to look into the sun. Like Lily's very (laughs) smart. So I don't know, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, no, she screams of like, I would, you know, she'd get a phone call and she'd just forget to go on mute. Like I could see her doing that. She's a busy person. She's got people to talk to, but you know, how in terms of keep coming back to Stanford and developing as, you know, both a player and a person, how influential has coach Frude been in your development? Um, I honestly can't emphasize enough how influential she's been to me. Um, she's just incredibly supportive and also, um, her insights are just incredible. Um, I would say 
especially my freshman sophomore year when I was kind of just starting out just getting a feel for it and there are times especially when you're playing number one where you'll lose a couple matches and you're st- you'll start to lose a little bit of confidence and she's just incredible at instilling that confidence and that belief um, in you and also having that support from Lily and just knowing that Lily has my back and believes in me that much just gives me a lot of confidence as a player so mm-hmm. I'd say and- she's been, been amazing. Yeah, I'm curious how much at the because you're all so good at the number one singles position. How much of it is really just being confident and you know mentally being locked into the match? Yeah, I would say that's a really huge part of it. Um, sometimes in matches, especially in dual matches during the season when you still have school going on, too, um, a big part of it is just being able to separate whatever's going on academically whether or not you had a midterm the day before or even that same day um and then just still being able to come out and compete and know that um the other person is probably in the same position um is i think a really big aspect of it um and just confidence is of course um a really big part of it as well because everyone at the number one spot has a really good game and is there for a reason and it's just really small differences that separate who wins and who loses and i'm curious for you i know last season in particular uh it was the national indoor semifinals you lost a three-setter to katarina uh from Mm -hmm. georgia and then you know to have that sort of experience early in the season and then to go into that north carolina semifinal at the ncas and have it come down to uh you know you uh what is you know how does the loss help prepare you for you know Time number two, how do you rebound from a loss like that and, you know, better prepare yourself for the future? Yeah, so obviously that match was incredibly hard. Um, It was a hard one to swallow afterwards um, just because obviously we wanted to win indoors. I I mean, of course, we always want to win. And it was one of the first matches that the first big matches that had really come down to me. Um, but I would say, honestly, long term, it was a really good experience for me because it taught me how to bounce back from a loss, which you have to do so often um, in college tennis because you'll have one match and maybe you'll lose your match, but your team will win. So you'll play the next day. And it's just so important to be able to kind of compartmentalize that and take the good things out. And also, um, I think another thing I look, I learned is to really look at my matches kind of from a very logical standpoint and not just whether or not I won or lost um, because I did feel like I played pretty well in that match and Kat played a very a very clean match too um, but I would say overall it really it really was um, kind of a building experience for me as a player to learn how to bounce back from a loss like that. Mm-hmm. And for you in that North Carolina match, just what is it like to play, you know, an NCAA semifinal, all eyes are turning to you and, you know, how much more difficult is it to play that match when you have all of these bugs in Orlando surrounding you? <laughs> yeah, the love bugs. They're a big topic of conversation in Orlando. Um, luckily, during that semifinal, they actually weren't as bad as they had been uh, during previous days during practice and also the match the day before. Um, but I would definitely say that um, it helps that I'd been in that situation before. And um, obviously having gone far in NCAAs the year before, um, and I'd also played 
uh, McKenna, who I played during that and uh, UNC semifinal. I'd played her before, so I knew her game a little bit better and I felt a little bit more prepared for the moment. And it also helped because I just had so much confidence in my team and I always have so much confidence in my team during matches that it almost doesn't feel, even though I'm giving everything I have, it doesn't feel like the world's going to end if I lose my match because I just know that my team um, is so so strong and um, really tough in those moments. So I would say it didn't it didn't feel as tense as you would think it did, but um, still, obviously, there were some nerves going into that match. Yeah, no, I can only imagine. I feel like it's way easier to be playing the match than it would be to watching it, though. You know, to watch someone else play, right? Definitely. I think the coaches um, would definitely attest to that. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's it's brutal. Yeah, I, I would love to see, you know, what, what's their heart rate at during some of the big moments yeah. because it's just so really? out of your control. And, you know, again, I'm curious for you because you guys did win titles your first two seasons that first year. I think you guys were the 15 seed coming into the NCAA tournament. <laughs> last year, you were one of the favorites heading into the event. And I know for you last year, you helped clinch the doubles point and, you know, you guys ended up winning that match 4-0. But, you know, how did the two experiences differ for you? And I'm curious, do you hold one of them maybe a little more? more closely than the other um so they were definitely really different um during my freshman year we played one of our matches indoors and then transitioned to outdoors during the tournament um we actually played unc indoors and um that was a really tough match and I, so my freshman year, of course, I've never been through NCAAs before. So I didn't understand how different the atmosphere would be and just how high of an intensity every team brought, um, which of course you have to expect at NCAAs. Um, but I also felt just, I felt a little off balance during my freshman year experience just because, again, like I said, I was playing girls who were very experienced. I think I played. I played a senior in my semifinal match and I played a fifth year senior in the finals. Um, so I felt a little bit, um, a little bit off balance, just the whole tournament kind of because I hadn't been in that position before, but obviously it ended up working out. Um, so that was great. And then last year I felt definitely a lot more comfortable. I felt like I'd been there before. Um, and again, I had a lot of confidence in my team and they really, they really helped um, helped get me through it, and everyone was so positive the whole time. So um, they were both definitely different, obviously both amazing experiences. And I wouldn't say that I hold one one closer than the other just because obviously winning a national championship is really special no matter what. Um, but, yeah, just both pretty different experiences. If you could trade body, you know, body experiences with one person who celebrated, in your opinion, just the title, the best on your team, who was the best at celebrating going back to back? <laughs> oh, going back to back. Um, I would say <laughs> maybe. Hmm, I would say the whole team was pretty was pretty hyped about going back to back. I would say I'd probably I'd probably. Try- places with Lily, um, <laughs> just because I feel like honestly Lily's been there so many times um and it's still like such a special experience um but I think that must have been really special for her um I think that was I want to say that was her her 10th NCAA title she might have more I might be wrong 
Um, but yeah, that was pretty, pretty amazing. And I think some of the parents celebrated a lot too. So <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like for, and it was title number 10. I feel like it must be so difficult okay. to go from that because the individual starts the next day, right? Yes. So that's definitely something um, that is a big factor in just the individual tournament, um, especially because you're playing so many matches back to back. Um, and also it's hard because we I think I ended up going to bed pretty late that night just because we had played a night match. Um for the final for the team final and then of course i had a match the next day and i also had um i had singles and doubles oh. the next day. so it was kind of it was kind of a quick turnaround but i mean that's how it always is with ncaa's um but it is it is tough because even after you've won the whole team event you know that the very next day you're gonna have another match and it's a whole new tournament yeah, I, the turnover that that is like that just must be the most difficult thing to refocus, especially after winning. I'd be like, I don't want to play an individual. Yeah. <laughs> no. So yeah. That, yeah. That's just I can only imagine what that's like. And you know, again, I'm curious for you, and thank you uh, for you know I take a deep dive over these past couple of years uh, with me. But you know, for you right now in these times of quarantine, because again, you I'm sure you're as unsure as the rest of us are when tennis is going to come back, what it's going to look like when it comes back, if you know what the college tennis season would look like for 2020 2021 uh what are you doing right now to you know stay in shape stay training or have you taken this moment to maybe take a little break from the game um so yeah i've definitely been taking more of a break obviously it's harder to practice right now um just with everyone being gone and with the quarantine of course and um that's been difficult i've been doing a lot of cross training so a lot of running um, a lot of strength training also was in tahoe for a little bit so i did some kayaking and paddleboarding there some swimming so i've been doing a little bit of everything um but i've been staying in shape um i guess just just through that and then still playing a little bit of tennis but not as much um and also focusing a lot on my academics has been a big part of quarantine for me just because I'm taking a pretty heavy course load this spring. Um, but yeah, still staying in shape, just not as much tennis as I normally play. How different is it taking the online classes? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it's, it's very different than being in a lecture hall with a bunch of other students. Um, for me, it's actually not as huge of an adjustment as it is for some people because I did online school um, for a lot of my high school, as many other players did. Um, And it kind of just brought me back to my high school years, uh, (laughs) which has been nice in some ways. (laughs) And um, yeah, it is a little bit tough just because obviously part of college is just being around everyone and um interacting with other students and especially at stanford i think all the students are just like so incredibly smart and just have so many different perspectives on um course material and things like that i think that um that's been a little bit different but obviously it's a small a small factor in um compared to the global situation and it's kind of a small a small thing in comparison 
No, of course. Um, I, I am curious for you because you were top 500 in August of 2017 before you started at Stanford. And, you know, looking back, uh, you know, how beneficial has that decision be to go to Stanford instead of just going pro directly been for you, you know, not just as a tennis player, but just, you know, off the court as well for your development? Yeah, I would definitely say I've matured a lot through college. I'm so grateful that um, I was able to come to Stanford and um, that I was recruited by Lily and Frankie. Um, I think you really can't, there's no way to um, have this experience um, just playing pros, just being around so many people like at Stanford, I go to the gym and there are Olympians around me and then you go to class and there are people who have their own companies and there will be um, people like giving talks like Barack Obama will be giving a talk and then it's kind of it's kind of crazy like that Um, so I would definitely say it's made me a more well-rounded person Um, and also of course having a degree from Stanford opens up a lot of doors for you um in terms of, I would say even even going pro, it's great to have that education. And then also in kind of the corporate world, um, it's, it also um, is just a great opportunity to have that Stanford degree and to be able to pursue opportunities there as well. So I'd say overall, it's just been an incredible experience and I really wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, oh, definitely a win. I agree. When you have yeah. the opportunity, you go to Stanford. Um, all right, well, with that being said, I want to do one last thing with you. It's a rapid-fire series of questions. Just have a little fun at the end. Help our listeners okay. get to know a little bit more about you uh, okay. and about your teammates as well. So uh, let's start with this question. Let's start with the quarantine questions. What is the new hobby that Kayla Gordon has picked up in quarantine or the thing you are doing, you know, with this, um, you know, mm-hmm. being at home this often? Okay. Um, a lot of yoga. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Trying to stay very centered. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a smart move for me. It's like going to the walk to the fridge is my newest hobby. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Also more walks to the fridge too. Yoga <laughs> and then then a walk to the fridge after. Yeah. Any good new Netflix shows in your life? Um, I've been watching Criminal Minds and um I also like Shark Tank and Grey's Anatomy. So sometimes I'll watch one of those. But yeah. All wins. No, I, I have nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm curious for you. What is, any terrible quarantine purchases? Mine, again, gets back to food. I There's this deal at CVS. It was like buy two bags of Reese's. You get the third for a dollar. But if you buy four, the fifth is free. And so I bought all five. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, I would say I haven't really had one just because I haven't been leaving my house very much. <laughs> um, so actually, surprisingly, no no regrettable purchases all right that's a win i'll take yeah. it um, what is the thing you look forward to most uh with, when quarantine ends um definitely being able to see all my friends again and the team um yeah i'm really looking forward looking forward to that right. well then on the theme of the team let's get to some questions about your teammates who during your time at stanford has been your favorite practice partner uh, that's too hard. I like practicing with everyone. I would say, I would say, just in terms of making practice a lot of fun, um, 
Caroline Lample just because she has such a big personality and is kind of always keeping things so lighthearted. So I'll say her, yeah. but everyone. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not an indictment on everyone. It's just she yeah. is that extra special. Um, all right, this one I'm sure I can already tell. I'm not going to get an answer. But in practice, in the spirit of competition, this is not saying their motives out of practice, but who is the teammate most likely to hook you to try and get under your skin? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're right. No one. Uh, also, our team has a reputation. Like, we call out balls in. <laughs> and we need to work on that um so yeah definitely definitely no one you definitely will not see emma higuchi calling <laughs> calling <laughs> any lines out <laughs> or yeah. anyone so yeah, that that's fair yeah. uh who's got the messiest tennis bag uh probably me <laughs> <laughs> are you like uh there's a there's a brown banana somewhere in there if you dig deep enough yes that happens to me too often because <laughs> i i am like a big like i do eat bananas during matches um and sometimes you know you'll just leave one and it's a hot day and you know what can you do <laughs> yeah no there's there's three types of hoarders there's the ripe bananas or overripe there's the mm-hmm. melted chocolate people from granola mm-hmm. bars and then there's the bottle collectors yeah and like it yeah it's always somewhere in the, in between there all right who of yeah. your teammates is the most enjoyable to go out with um, I would say, I would say the sophomores on my team, um, Sarah and Naluka are really fun. Um, they always have new music. They're always introducing me to new music since now I'm kind of one of the grandmas on the team. <laughs> um, so, so that's been really great and they're just a lot of fun. But honestly, again, again, everyone also Taylor in my class and Janice, just everyone. But, yeah, maybe the sophomores are introducing me to some new things. No, I'm sure they're all a fun time. Well, Michaela, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. Again, congratulations to you on being named an All-American for the third time in your career. Uh, I hope you stay safe and healthy throughout all this, and I look forward to seeing you back in competition in 2021. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Stay safe, stay healthy. Hope you all enjoyed my conversation with Stanford All-American Michaela Gordon. And of course, a huge thank you to Michaela for taking the time to chat with us. I mean, we have been so fortunate here at Crack Rackets to get to talk to so many of the amazing talents in the college tennis world. Players like Michaela Gordon last week, it was Ashley Leahy and Alexa Graham. And we've got a bunch more in the queue that we know you listeners will enjoy. But a big thank you to Michaela. Congratulations to her on finding, you know, not getting not one but two jobs and of course sticking with the job that was best for her and I know we're going to see amazing things from her next season her senior season so definitely look forward to seeing her back on the court again and thank you for to her for taking the time to chat and as I mentioned we've gotten to have so many great conversations of late with so many talented college tennis players out there I mentioned Leahy and Graham we also got the chance to talk to Princeton's Brianna Schvetz who you know was the only player to beat Ashley Leahy during this past season we got to talk to Texas freshman Elliot Spaziri, Virginia Junior, Gianni Ross, and as I mentioned, we've got a bunch more in the queue as well, so be on the lookout for all of those on this Cracked Interviews podcast, and of course, we always ask, like, rate, subscribe, review this, share it with your friends, and of course, our other podcasts are rocking and rolling right now as well. On the Great Shot podcast, we've had ATP former, I should say former ATP CEO Mark Miles, as well as Sports Business Journal's Brett McCormick to talk about the nuances, the ins and outs of running the business 
of professional tennis and, of course, how a global pandemic has affected that business. We also have been having fun on the mini break. We've run through, of course, the biggest storylines, you know, I suppose no results, but the biggest storylines and controversies in professional tennis. But we've also looked at various aspects of professional tennis's history, broken down our favorite players, the best primes, compared and contrasted. And last week was a next-gen ATP-themed week where we talked about the best next-gen performances we've seen thus far, what these guys need to do to break through at the slam levels, a particular focus on the next-gen ATP Americans. And then as well on Friday, we looked at all of the depth in that next-gen ATP class. If you missed any of those episodes, go check out our mini-break podcast feed. And last but not least, we're four podcasts deep here at Cracked Racket, so we might as well flaunt them out all. If you haven't checked out our newest series, the Inside Out podcast, which looks at some of the deep dives and more narr- more of a narrative-based podcast from some of the topics in tennis's past, uh, be sure to go check that out. Our first season focuses on the American men's tennis in the open era and the best player on a year-by-year basis in American men's tennis during that open era. Super producer Daniel Westoff puts his spin on it. You all will enjoy it, so be sure to go check that out. And also be sure to go check out, of course, our YouTube channel where super producer Daniel Westoff is up to all sorts of amazing things like Overserved and CR Classics and, you know, I'm just so many great video series. You don't want to miss any of them, so be sure to go check that all out. Like, rate, subscribe, review on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly. It's at Great Shot Pod. I keep mentioning them, so i got to give them a formal shout-out. Shout-out to the super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff, for the fuck of an ending job they do day in, day out. But that will do it for today's podcast. Again, a huge thank you to Stanford's Michaela Gordon for taking the time to chat with us. A huge thank you to our friends at Midwest Sports for their continued support of the show as well. But with that being said, for my wonderful guest, Stanford's Michaela Gordon, our, our uh, I should say, sponsors at Midwest Sports, our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westhoff, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Folks, you know what we say. No, we don't say that's the break. We don't say, hey, great shot. We say that'll do it for another interview uh, edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. We hope you enjoy. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Watch stuff. Leave it all in. And we will see you all next time. Thanks, everyone.